Today, I'd like to speak to you about what I've titled assurance. What did I call it? Assurance. Yes. Because it's better to have assurance than to choke. Praise God. And it's important that you, you, <laughs> you be reminded of, <laughs> of your assurance. There is a blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Take note, it's not ours. It's mine. Because... The realities of your life are individual. They're not corporate. We don't suffer corporately. <laughs> Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. That's our own assurance. So this is my story. Oh, this is my song. And praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Anybody has a story to tell? This is my song, yes. Praising my Savior all the day long. Psalm 16, from verse 28. Let us read together. If you have it, kindly put it up on the screen. Preferably in the New International Version. I'd like for us to read from the same plate, each from the same plate. By God's grace. Psalm, Psalm 16 from verse 8. From verse 8 to 11. Sorry. Are you ready? I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Mm -hmm. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Yeah. Because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Go on. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now Acts chapter 2. Because I'd like you to see the scripture quoted by Peter. And what he said about this scripture. And it's interesting that in our first service today, Pastor Ronke spoke from Acts chapter 2. And incidentally also on Tuesday here, we continued our Bible study, intensive Bible study in the book of Acts, reading from Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay, good. So if you're in Acts chapter 2, let us read from verse 22. That's why I was mistaken 22. It was Acts chapter 2 I wanted to say. Are you there now? These are the words of Peter. The very first teaching. And the first church. Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs. Which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. Go on. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Go on, sir. Go on, go on. Time. Go on. Let's go on. Let's hurry. But God raised him from the dead because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Yes? 
Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, now you will let your Holy One see. No. Nor will you let your Holy One see. Stay here. Stay here. Go back there. Now, take note. Who was speaking? David. David was speaking as David when he said this. But this is Peter interpreting what David meant. So take note of that. This is the only reason I'm showing you what Peter said. Next verse. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. That was where we ended in Psalm 16, right? Now go on. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. That means what David was saying did not really happen. Is it really that God didn't hear that prayer? <laughs> Look at it. Died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. Go on. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Jesus came from the line of David. Go on. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ. See why you are told to admonish one another in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs and not be so woke to call it Old Testament. Because in them are contained the things that speak in the spirit of Jesus. So David was a prophet speaking ahead of a resurrection even in Old Covenant times. Do you see? He spoke of the resurrection of the Christ that he was not abandoned to the grave nor did his body see decay. How painful it is to the Lord when one, if you die, sir, it pains God. It pains God. How painful it is to the Lord when one of his people dies. I was going to say, I hope with these few points of mine, but just one more in case you are not convinced that death is a big deal. So that you can sympathize with those who are in the throes of death. Praise God. Hallelujah. Death is such a big deal. Hear what the Bible says about it in, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26. Are we there? So that you really appreciate what Jesus did for you. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26. It says, there, yeah. NIV, NIV. Okay, this is fine. The last enemy to be defeated will be what? That means death is the big boy. We have to deal with every other principality. Read the verse before that. Two verses before that. From verse 24. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he has destroyed. Take note of all that he will destroy. He first destroy what? All dominion, authority, and power. Then go on. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Yes. The last enemy to be destroyed is what? So say death is a big deal. But the question is what's your assurance against it? Nobody wants to die. Although everybody wants to go to heaven. But, but death is a big deal. So when we read from Psalm 16, the words of David, and we now know that what David was really doing was speaking about Jesus, the resurrection. And that resurrection happened, which is what we celebrate today and which is what has given you and I access to the hope of eternal life. Christ in us is the hope of glory. That's what we're celebrating. But what I've just come this morning to do is to give you an assurance of what this represents, what this guarantees to you and I. Because we lose the import and the real message of the resurrection, of what you call Easter, if all we do is just remind ourselves of the story of what happened. What happened has an implication. What happened happened for a reason. 
what happened at the cross happened so that something can continue to happen. So that something can remain. God does nothing as an event. God takes events as access ways, gates to things to become established in the life of those for whom it, it happened for. So God never does anything for its sake. God doesn't even do anything to show that he is mighty, he is powerful, he is glorious. Everything he does is to teach. Jesus was called the rabbi. The Bible says these things are written. That we upon whom the ends of the times have come. It's for our benefit. They were written for our benefit. They were written for what? For our benefit. So the message of resurrection must translate and transit beyond what Jesus did to why Jesus did it. It must translate to what it means for you and for me. So David on a day like this, like you and I, going through all kinds of issues. Maybe there was a pandemic in his time like this. When the threat of death was near. And the seriousness and finality of death was inching closer upon his life. David was a man surrounded by many enemies. When you read the Psalms, situate them in the realities of the stories of David. David wrote those Psalms as records diary sessions of the things that he went through everything david went through he wrote it david kept a diary is david's diary we call the psalms but because god used the life of david to capture every single emotion under the sun every single experience joy pain sorrow goodness pleasure whatever it is so it is recorded for you and i that when you walk through the same path you can take from the psalms and express your heart are you angry? David was angry. Are you glad? David was glad. Are you excited about fellowship? I am glad when they say, let us go into the house of the Lord. As I said to you earlier, this is why you must keep admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Because it holds a prophetic reality that long before you and I came, a man was used by God to experience everything we can possibly experience and to express himself. And that exchange between him and God is recorded for our learning, for our use in our fellowship with God. If a prayer was offered and answered, it's a sign you can offer it again. That's how you don't pray amiss. You are inspired by the Spirit. Understand that what is recorded in Scripture is the breath of the Spirit. Holy men wrote as they were what? Moved by the Spirit. So you can say the same things and be guaranteed that the result they got, you will get. It's why we must stay in the Scripture. Anything that's extra scriptural, I am out against it. Praise God. And you should be too. Your indignation should be raised against everything that is not contained in scripture. Praise God. Are we good? So David experienced everything you're experiencing. God made him a man who walked a lot in the spirit of the Christ. So on this occasion, we don't know what it was. Maybe because it was, I mean, at the point Saul was inching closer to him. On one occasion, we're told Saul, you know, thrust the javelin and almost killed him. Against the wall was going to pin him there and destroy his life. He escaped by a whisker. Just by an inch, he was able to get away. And another instance, of course, you know, before he went to the fields and became a vagabond, with the aid of Saul's son, Jonathan, they shot the arrows to tell him, run for your life, my father is after you. Saul knew this was the one anointed by God. Trust me, the things you are going through are a mark of the anointing. The things that you are going through, the contentions you are going through, are a sign of coronation and calling. It's a sign of the oil. There is no contest if there is no throne. Nobody wants to fight in an entity. It's a waste of resources and energy. You know how much AK-47 costs? 
You don't shoot it at soft targets unless you are what they call a terrorist. Only terrorists go after soft targets. Serious warriors, they go for battles that have a prize. What did David say? What shall be given to the man who gets down this uncircumcised Philistine? If there's no prize, there's no need to fight. Don't be fighting for nothing. Some of you need to what? Calm down. If you're not getting anything for that anger, if you're not getting anything for that fight, <laughs> there's no point. Some people get paid for the blows that you're throwing. So why don't you practice properly and fight really and win money? <laughs> if you're going to beat somebody, beat somebody in a way that you get richer. You get double. You beat the person, plus you became rich. God doesn't like people fighting for no reason. <laughs> It's a waste of time and what? Resources. God is a good manager of resources. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you blessed by this? So people, David was on such a day going through whatever. And in his own little corner, he wrote, Oh, I know that you don't leave my soul to perish and to just die here. Death scares all of us. The best of us doesn't want to die. If COVID is anything to go by, I saw the Christianity of many people go under. I've never seen the betrayal of your faith like this. Everybody gave up Jesus. Almost everybody. Suddenly, people who will throng meetings and say, in the name of Jesus, if I be a man of God. And then COVID came and humbled all of us. We just realized that really we don't believe the things that we mouth. When you come into the thick of it, it's difficult. That's why I showed you Jesus so you don't feel guilty. When he came to the world, he knew what he came for. Suddenly, when it's time to die for the thing, he says, Ah, Baba, are you sure that we can't change this plan? See, what makes you a man of faith is not that you feel fear. It's that you go ahead notwithstanding. That's it. Go ahead. Jesus felt fear to be nailed through. Beaten, bruised, and battered is not easy on the flesh. If you think it's easy, submit yourself for trial. <laughs> it was hard, but he took it. Praise God. So, death scares everybody. So scary is death. On a scale of 1 to 10, the Bible says it's the last. You consider the fears of man. At the summit, the zenith of man's fear is death. Why? Death is final. Death is considered what? The end of the movie. Once the actor dies, I wonder if the others are not acting. They say the actor has died. So the other people, what are they doing? <laughs> Imagine my shock. It's good to go to school. When I went into literature class, and I was about to say the actor and the boss, and my teacher said, no, it's the protagonist and the antagonist. <laughs> That's what they are called. It's all you black people that call it boss and Indians. <laughs> the boss has died. Eh? And the, what's the other one? The bad guy. It's always the boss and the bad guy. And once they kill the boss, the movie is it's over. They've killed the actor. The movie is over. <laughs> all of us are acting. Praise God. So death is that scary. It's a serious matter. And as I said, it's, 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 we're grateful to God this is situated in a season when we're faced with it. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God. Herod came. A child under two from the time he was born because he couldn't trace the particular child. Kill all of them. 
What did God say? Joseph, Mary, take that guy and run. I mean, do you know how many angels can come from heaven and deal with Herod? But they said what? Run so that you and I can learn to run. <laughs> death is a big deal. Let's not even go into the death of the flesh. Taking things that are painful from people who are not, you know you can destroy. You know this one is lightweight. I can mess this guy up. As in, you are not even in the conversation. And those are the people the Lord says you should what? How? The size of some people can preach to you. But there are some people you know. That on a bad day, even if you have malaria. <laughs> one hand. You know what you can say to this person. And all their self-esteem is gone. They will never raise their head again when they hear your name. If you are coming this way, they will go that way. And then the Holy Ghost comes and contains you. That's the type of death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. You quote it all the time. But this is what precedes what you quote. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. This is where you stop. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And you go home. You stop through or false. See, but overcoming is a result of what? They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. If you hate your life, you live your best life. The key to your best life is not to be afraid of losing your life. Once you're afraid of losing your life, you will never truly live. Because the best things that bring you victory are in the path where death is. How did David become relevant in Israel? He had to face what? The threat of death. The other soldiers were experts. The other soldiers were more experienced in warfare. Yet they shrunk back. But David faced that fear, that threat, because he knew his covenant. What happened? He rose to prominence and to honor. Honor is waiting for you on the road where death lies. Honor is waiting for you and I on the road where death lies. This is what we must understand about the power of resurrection. Jesus came to prove to you that death is not the end. Jesus came to show you that there is power. There is life beyond death. Life after death is not just heaven. Life after death is here on earth. It's a principle. If you walk in that consciousness, it is possible for you to live in this world, overcoming daily the things that threaten you. The businesses you will not do because you don't have the capital is why you will never be a businessman. The things you will not dare to face for fear of failure and falling your hand is why you will never rise. The things you will never give up for fear of losing and never getting them back again. The things you will not invest in because this is all the money I have. Is why what you have is all you will ever have. Resurrection is a spiritual pattern, a reality that can find relation and translation in your life decisions on a daily basis. They only overcame, they conquered because they did not love their lives that much. There is that withholds more than is necessary and tends to what? Poverty. It's not only money. 
your own safety. The consciousness of what is your own not being affected. We never live fully because of the fear of what we will lose if we really live. If we really live. The Bible says, he who does not lay down his life will not what? You will not find it. I want you to see that scripture. If you lay down your life, you will find it. Praise God. Yes. If this is all that you get from this teaching, it's the most important thing that you need to get, that you walk out of this room knowing that the fear of death is worse than death itself. And that you live in the liberty, the Bible says, for liberty, for freedom, Christ set us free. In other words, he didn't just set us free. He set us free so we can be free to do his bidding. Not afraid of what threats or danger stands in the way of doing his bidding. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 39, I want you to see this. Worse than death is the fear of death. Especially when it, that fear is expressed by people who carry in themselves resurrection power. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake. Can you see that? If you lose your life for his sake. And never ever think your life is just your breath. The breath in your nostrils. No, your life is everything that makes you you. Be ready to lose it once Jesus' honor and name is at stake. Are you? We have not yet scratched the surface. Once the church is able to break out a generation of believers into a fearless life, fearless living, then we will see the glories of heaven come upon the face of the earth. Very important. What are we going to gain? Peter asked a question, the same Peter, who's chapter 2. This is what he said. He says, what are we going to get, sir? If we leave everything to follow you. Very important question. And Jesus did not say, shut up. To my surprise. You are not even spiritual. You don't think of glorious things. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. Let's see what Jesus said. If I die now for this your sake. What's coming? Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Here Jesus' answer. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Now, I want Jesus to tell you, I tell you the truth. It means mark it. When he doesn't just answer straight. He wants to give you the answer. They now names the answer as the truth. You are in trouble. You, you will wish you didn't ask that question. I tell you the truth. At the renewal of all things... When the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on what? Twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Go on. And everyone who has left, this is where I'm going, houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields. The same things that you hug and hold and say these pastors. Those of you who say it on Twitter, you are looking at me. For my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit what? That's your assurance. That Christ is worth laying down your life. Christ is worth laying down your life. And let me close by showing you how.
And what, what should confirm that assurance? What should confirm what? That assurance. Praise God. Are you ready for this? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. The fear of death is worse. Let's read from verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1. This is Paul praying. And what does he say? I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Far above all rule and authority, power, dominion, and every title that can be given. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Let me explain what the Bible is saying to you. Like you are afraid of dying. And therefore, you are unable to live fully and live freely and achieve the will of God. Guess what? Jesus was also afraid. That's what the Bible is saying. And I showed you. But guess what? Power by which Jesus was raised was his confidence that made him lay down his life. I hope you know Jesus was not killed. See, because people miss all these simple things. No, no, no. I lay down my life. Do you know with all the torture that they tortured him and all the beating and everything that they did to him, do you know he still didn't die? He was in pain, but he did not die. He dismissed the spirit at his own time. And guess when it was? When he said, it is finished. What was finished? He was waiting for the fullness of all that prophecy mentioned must be done for him to die. For example, if they had beaten him on the cross and done everything they did to him and placed him on the cross, but they did not stab him on the side and there was no blood and water rushing. If he died, you are not saved at that time. He had to make sure that everything prophecy mentioned, all of the applications must happen to him first before he can dismiss his spirit and say it is finished. Because everything represents something. If you have it when you need it, you have it. If I have you, I have what you have. If you have me, you have what I have. Be released from your wanton greed. <laughs> That's not what God sponsors. <laughs> Praise God. So, Jesus had to make sure everything was done. Now, what that scripture we just read in Ephesians 1 is telling you is this. The power by which Jesus was raised was unusual power. It had never been done before. Why? Every other person who had died before Jesus and was raised back to life, they were raised back as humans with the same body with which they died. Jesus was the f called the first begotten from the dead. It was an experiment heaven performed. So Jesus was afraid, not just because of the pain he was going to go through at the cross, but because the Godhead was taking a risk. If they lose him, there's trouble. At the time Jesus was dying, all angels, all forces, dominions in eternity gathered. There was a theater in heaven. They stood and they were wondering, Hey, Jehovah. Hey, we're about to lose our son. Hey, hey. There was panting in glory. And the father was calming them down. Take it easy. I know what I'm doing. See, Gabriel, daddy, do we want to do this thing? We can just cancel it. He says, if I cancel it, they will never be saved. I have to do this. I have to do this. See, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That's a scripture most misunderstood. Because it's going to help you understand what I'm about to say now. I mean, think about God's power. Must Jesus die for him to save us? 
Think about it. Is God that stuck that Jesus has to die for us to be saved? God doesn't have power to save us without Jesus dying? Oh yes, he doesn't. Eh? Blasphemy. No. He bound himself by that. That's the way he works. When Adam and Eve disobeyed and ate from the fruit they were not supposed to eat from, couldn't God have just said, okay, since you are sorry, it's okay. And go. When you are forgiven, it's not free. You just don't know because you didn't pay. Forgiveness is not free. Every time sin is committed, something must die. See, that's why you must hate sin badly. People don't, I don't think people realize it. Up to today, yes. And I'll explain that to you. Once sin is committed, something has, somebody has to die. It's supposed to be you. So what God did was that he now took, decided to turn on the animals and say, animals, I'm sorry. You know, I created everything. But this one's I created them in my image. And I created them for the purpose of being dominions on earth as I am in heaven. So if I have to sacrifice anything in my creation, it must be you. So from today, you die for them to live. That's how we're alive. So for thousands of nations of Israel to represent it. So he had to take an animal. Can you imagine? God killed it. Spilt its blood. To rectify the earth that is now cursed because of their action. And then put the skin on Adam and Eve to cover the nakedness they now found they had. Not knowing that the reason they were naked was because God was their covering. Not clothes. So guess what? You can be dressed for me. That is real gold. Not the one you have from Dubai. That they measure in carats. This is caratless. The brightness of his shining is God himself. Yeah. So, without the shedding of blood, there's not, every time you are forgiven, it means something died. So don't be sinning carelessly. <laughs> something died. Do you know what? What the Bible is really saying. What it's saying is this. Mercy is not released to go. Mercy is justice that then informs release to go. God has to be just to punish sin. Otherwise, righteousness is senseless. So what he then must do is, to, to save you, he makes another die. Before the new covenant, it was animals. But in the new covenant, he now took Jesus, who was the perfect lamb slew him otherwise you and i don't have a hope of redemption it doesn't matter many times we say we're sorry and it doesn't even matter whether you don't sin after that anymore as long as you remain in this flesh you are doomed to eternal condemnation and damnation do you know why do you know why should i tell you why <clears throat> now listen what's god going to tell satan is the reason he didn't forgive him You didn't get that. Did, did you get that revelation? Okay, I'll explain to you. If there is no justice for your sin, why is Satan bound and condemned to eternal? Because the Bible says he was perfect until sin was found in him. Is sin not found in you? Why are you saved? And he is not. He's a spirit. Which animal will die for him? He has no flesh. So there can be propitiation for his sins. It's irredeemable.
Are you sure you came to church? Oh, this resurrection. Irredeemable. Jesus can't die for spirits. We're spirit, yes, in that sense. So he died for spirit. But we have to be in the flesh. Otherwise, if he could die just for spirit, a spirit, he didn't need to come from heaven. He could have just died there. <laughs> he had to come and take on the form in which we sinned and die like that for us to be saved. Otherwise, Satan should get a... You people don't know what Jesus did for you. So get that clearly. So that must have been what God was saying to them. Guys, calm down. I know what I'm doing. I'm not stupid now. You are, this is my people. You want them to just die like that? I have to save them. Say, ah, Baba, but we can't risk Jesus. Hey, let them die if they have to die. This is Jesus. He's our guy. I'm sure Gabriel would have said, sir, the other day he gave me bread. Ah, I, can't, I can't lose this down. He advises me. <laughs> I'm just saying stupid things. Let's just say something. Say, ah. Who will calm me now when I'm angry? Those times you send me and I'm feeling this assignment is too high. It's Jesus that always tells me, it's okay, my friend. So if you now kill my guy, what's going to happen? <laughs> what if he doesn't rise? He can rise of flesh. Resurrection of spirits? It's never been done. Because if that's not what it is, it doesn't make sense to say he's the first begotten of the dead because he was not the first to rise from death. Other people have died and be raised. Ah, you didn't hear that the bone of the prophet raised a person from dead. Every miracle Jesus performed, Elisha performed it. Because of the concept of the double portion. It was coming in the fullness. He second the last Adam, not the first Adam. Should I stop? Okay, so let me end here. So, what he then did... Right? At that time was to take a risk. This is the real reason Jesus was afraid. Say, ah, this cop, sir. Let's think about it again. I know that at that time when we were saying it, I was eager. I said, I'm, I'm available. Say, now I'm facing it. I'm saying that, ah! If I, if I don't rise, this is double loss. First of all, these people are not saved. Secondly, you now lose me. A hard life, hard life. So, God then generated fresh from his arsenal new power that has never been seen before. That's what's called incomparably great power, IGP. Incomparably great power. First time ever unleashed upon the surface of the earth. Brand new, never seen before. To raise body, soul, and spirit. In fact, and spirit. That's how they felt in heaven. That, wow. That's when the elders were casting their crowns. Wow. Ha! Ah!